Hey, welcome to the John Papaloni Show. This is John Papaloni, and today I'm going to be interviewing Andrew Foreman with Gives. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Absolute pleasure. This is going to be a fun one. It's going to be an exciting one. From what I understand, you are in marketing, and it is Gives, right? Gives, yep. G-I-V-Z. Uh, I am in the marketing sector, um, and, and we, yeah, we're helping brands do well and do good at the same time, for lack of a better way to put that. Fantastic. Let's start off the interview like I usually do, which is starting off of who you are, what you do, and how you got there. And I think the focus is going to be more on how you got there because we kind of figured out what you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, well, yeah, Andrew Foreman, I uh, live in, in New York City with family, two kids under the age of four. Um, and so that takes up a lot of the personal life. What do I do? So we help brands run donation incentives, which basically uh, or if you ever been shopping on a website or something like that and seen, Hey, if you spend over a hundred dollars today, we'll give you $10 to give to whatever charity you want. That is that technology behind that is, is generally gives powering that for, for brands, um, the, with the goal for the brands of, of course, one doing good, but two also increasing that average order value. So somebody has $80 in their cart. They're like, Hey, I'll buy one extra item. It's for a good cause. I'm going to end up getting half of that back anyway, to give to a charity that I care about. Um, and, and that's, that's what we want to want to spread better business, but also, you know, people feeling better about your brand and thus coming back more and more, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what we do. In terms of how we got there, it has been a long and windy road uh, on, on my end. I started out coming out of college doing investment banking for six years, which is a long time to do investment banking. I then went back to business school uh, over at Harvard Business School and then came back into New York, uh, starting a business, launching Gibbs. Uh, and we started Gibbs about five years ago, pivoted into what we do now, about two years ago, and we're excited to uh, to be where we are. Wow, that's incredible, man! Like I uh, never actually knew the charity portion of it. Like, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. I mean, like crazy good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it, what, what's what's most exciting about it is that it works, right? Like most people think about charity and they're like, oh, like the roundup thing. And so I I tell this story all the time of like in New York, at least, is Dwayne Reed or CVS nationwide, where that you go in and they're like, hey, do you want to? You went in to buy toilet paper or something, right? You went in, you were going to spend like $12.37. And you go in there like, hey, do you want to donate 63 extra cents to a charity that we've chosen that you'll never hear about or hear from again? <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> no, like that's annoying. But like how many people are looking at me and like, do I have to do it? I feel a little guilty. Um, and and what I like about that is that it, it works in the sense of it gets a lot of money to charity. But at the end of the day, it's not a good experience from a, from a customer side of things. I don't feel better about Dwayne Reed or CVS when that happens. In fact, I'm like, man, I should have just bought these, you know, bought this toilet paper on online on Amazon or something. Right. Yeah. Um, and so the flip side of it, which is what our technology would power is something like, you know, you walk into CVS, you have a sign that says, Hey, if you spend $50 in CVS today, we'll give you five bucks to give to whatever charity you want. And then you're like, Oh, you start thinking about all the things that you probably do need to buy aside from the toilet paper. So you're like, okay, I could easily spend 50 bucks. You end up spending $80 to CVS and CVS like, here's five bucks, give it to whatever charity you want. And you're like, Whoa, okay, that's amazing. Now I feel great about CVS. I might even tell my friend about that. And by the way, I spent 80 bucks instead of 1237. And so that's the huge win. And we're seeing that actually coming to life and working for, the over 100 brands we work with. 
Makes sense. Now, here, here's the thing, right? And this is what caught my attention, right? And you're right. When you go to a store and say, would you like to give an extra $2 to whatever? Here's the thing, especially now with inflation and interest rates and everything that's been going on, like, and it's more so now with all this going on than it was before. What ends up happening is you're used to going just say, we'll take the grocery store. When I first, uh, you know, when my parents passed away and I ended up moving on my own, first time living on my own, yeah. I used to spend roughly about $80 a week on the, at the grocery store. Yeah. Then uh, slowly creeped up to about 105, 110 for the same stuff. Now, after COVID and with inflation, we're at about 150 to 160 dollars in a week. Wow. Now, wow. where I'm going with this is that when you're used to spending 80 dollars and now you're spending 150, you're already shocked by the extra money you're spending. So somebody says you want to donate two dollars, and you start going, "Who's going to donate to me?" Right? Because right. like right. Well, prices have almost doubled. I mean, you don't mean it totally. like in, in a negative way where it's like, like, it's not like you don't want to help, but when they're asking you, you're just realizing how much the prices have gone up and you're like in shock. Totally. Right. So like, do you want to donate? And you're like going, I can't afford what I'm buying. No, I don't. Right. Like, totally. <laughs> and, 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 and yeah, again, I mean, it's not like, don't get me wrong. Well, I could afford what I'm buying, but I'm just making a point. Right, no, so I totally, I totally understand. And, and you're not alone. I've talked to thousands of people about that exact experience, and I think you said it right. You said you said it correctly, right? I mean, illustratively, sure. But I think the whole point is like people are like, "Hey, I don't, I don't need to get hit up for a donation while I'm grocery shopping or doing whatever it is that I'm doing." Right? Like, I, I, I would, I would love to do good. I would love to feel good on the, on the, in the best painted light they're making it easy for me to donate 73 cents or whatever it is or donate two dollars but in reality i'd love to make more of an impact and feel better about it and if that means like hey like you know i do my shopping at this store instead of somewhere else and i can buy oh yeah i was gonna buy toothpaste somewhere else but i'll buy it here now because they're gonna give me five bucks that i can give to oh my friend has a charity i always mean to donate to his charity but like Okay, now I'm going into CVS a couple of th- or I'm going to the grocery store a couple times a week. They're giving me two, three, four. They're giving me money to give to my friend's charity. That makes me feel good. I'll be like, hey, did you get that money? Yeah, you got that money. Great. Like, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And that's the point. That, that, that makes it a lot easier, a lot better, and less, less pressure. Totally. Right? It's back in the day. Look, I'm from a different generation than you. <laughs> Even though I may not look it. I may look young, but. <laughs> you do. You look great. I mean, I'm not old. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but <laughs> it's one of those things that uh, I grew up in a generation where um, the marketing message out there back then was buy, 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 sell, 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 right. and 50% off, 25% off, and people ran into the store for that. And um, where today it's like, hey, come to the store, buy this product. It's 50% off. You know, you could save $20. And it's like, uh, how about I give you $20 and never call me again? Right. Like it's like, it's not appealing anymore. It doesn't work. People don't see the value there. So with that being said, there's a different approach and you're taking a different approach. Like you said, where a person can feel good about it and they don't feel like that they're short for something. Right. They're not getting, they're not getting a cheap product right now. Discounts used to be associated with deals. Now discounts are associated with the opposite of that, right? Like I'm not getting a deal. I'm just getting a cheap product right like i'm getting something that is not actually worth like okay anybody because because now consumers have wisened up a little bit right they're like okay a hundred dollars is what this costs but we're giving you a 50 percent discount it's only 50 bucks you're like no this thing only costs 50 bucks right like you can do whatever marketing guru stuff you want this thing's not worth a hundred bucks it's only worth 50 and that's damaging to your brand because now people are like like 
you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday is coming up and people are saying like, okay, what are you doing for Black Friday? Well, I got to do a 40, 50, 60% off sale. Like if you do that, just take a look at the cohort of people that buy from you. When they buy at 50, 60% off, see if they ever come back throughout the whole of next year. Because I guarantee well, I you they're, you. Not. they're not. I promise you they will. The next Black Friday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, actually, I wish it was that good. But but honestly, it's not. I've looked at a lot of companies' data over the past year because this is the industry that I'm now in. And, and so there are there are different apps and, and stuff like this. If you sell on Shopify that can actually, you know, you upload your data and you see, okay, everybody who used code BFCM 21 last year or BFCM 20 two years ago, what are they, how, how are they performing now? How much have they spent over the last 22 months? And it's like, they've spent six times less than the whole rest of the people <laughs> that, that yeah. didn't come in via that, that, via that coupon code, right. Um, as their, as their first entry. And so it is, it is very clear that these, it, it was always something that people felt, but now you can see it in the data quantitatively that steep, steep discounts like that just crush your brand. Right. Well, here's the other way to look at it, which is some people are now starting to look at it, turn around and say, okay, just say I wanted, um, I don't know, a keyboard for my computer and just say the regular price is $99. Now I'm going to wait for Black Friday. I'm going right. to get it for $39.99 because it's a, it's a 60% off. Right. So that tells me that you spent the whole year ripping people off because you could afford to sell it for $39.99. Right, right. That's that. I, and I think people are starting to get, that's it, right? And it's like, I'm never buying from this place again unless it's maybe Black Friday and I happen to have a need for it again on a Black Friday, but I'm never going to pay $100 from that company for, for something retail, right? Like, oh, okay, I need a monitor now and their monitors are 200 bucks. They're not 200 bucks. They're really like 60 bucks. And I just need to wait for black Friday. And like, I'm, or, or like I'll go buy from another company where the, the monitor is actually 200 bucks. And on their black Friday, they don't like do this huge sale because they, they can't afford to, cause their monitor should be 200 bucks. And I'm going to go buy my net myself, a nice monitor and buy, buy the 200. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, and, and that's that's the point, right? Like, you got to project value and take the price out of the equation of value. Totally. I mean, again, if you're if you're a discount brand and that's what you want to be. Sure. Sure. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. Totally. But the problem is, is people who don't want to be discount brands are positioning themselves to be the discount brand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the disconnect. You can't, you can't have it both ways. Um, and so how do you drive people into store or in onto your site and drive people to purchase? You need to give them a deal of what's, what's the new deal then. And the new deal, a lot of it is impact. A lot of it is free gifts. A lot of it is, you know, different type of loyalty programs or first access to, 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 you know, new product drops or, you know, exclusive events like that, that are for your loyalty members that follow this brand. And you're going to be able to access this when they come to your city. Like those are the new deals, quote unquote. Yeah. Well, look, right. It's, I, I can, I can answer in one word what the biggest draw to a, to a person, like to a, to a store is going to be. What's and, that? and this, and if you build this, you never need a discount. You ready for it? Ready. Brand. Look at Apple. That's right. It. That's Apple's That's biggest sale is $40. Right. And here's the trick, and nobody notices this. New iPhone 14 out. Price $1,700. Black Friday, 1640 
Okay, so oh, sixty dollars off. Ooh, right? Yeah. Well, look, the iPhone 13 was only fourteen hundred dollars. They raised the price up four hundred dollars and then gave you sixty dollars off. Yep. Yep. Right? And 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 there and and they and again they have built brand to your point. Um, and and how they build that brand is a combination of unbelievable marketing, but also unbelievable product, right? Um, and so if you have both those things and you can back it up and have the marketing behind it and, and be smart about it and really not ever get into that discount phase, then you've won. Yeah, exactly. Again, there's many ways to sell up a product, but you have to figure out who you are and who you're servicing. And then you got to target that and you got to be full force into that because there's no jumping back. That's right. That's right. Full steam ahead. So with that being said, out of all the things you can do, I mean, I, you know, I get the fact that you got into marketing, but how did you think of getting into the charity portion? Like most people get into the marketing and they're like, I'm going to build a website. So I'm going to do SEO. I mean, I remember the first time, like, I'm going to tell you a story. I had a print business back in the day and yeah. I, uh, like I was trying to build something else, but I ended up being a print business. And I recognized that, that's it didn't work the way it. I wanted yeah, to, but sure. that's what I got into. That's what I was good at. It, it was an eight-figure business. Sure. Nice. I remember uh, the websites came out, and internet came out, and I remember I, I was one of those guys that said the internet's going to crash, and, and it's a fad. Right. Right? I, I'm not ashamed to admit that I was that guy. Hey, that's so, good. What ended up happening is one guy called me up, and I was a busy guy. I mean, doing eight figures a year, we only had 23 employees. Half wow. of them were in production. You know what I mean? So it was like not many people to answer the phone. Totally. So I answered the phone one day and the guy's introduction was that he's going to SEO me. And at the time I didn't know what the heck any of this was, right? I didn't even know what I, I didn't even have a website or I had a website being built right. and I didn't even know what I paid for it. Put it that way. Right. So the guy, look at SEO me. And, and I started screaming at the guy, right? Cause I didn't know. I mean, I think is this a threat? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right? Like, should I call the police? You know, like, I don't know what the heck. Right. So I just yelled at the guy and I hung up at him. So, um, one of my close friends who used to work with me, uh, he was in, in the logistics portion of the business. He turns to me, he goes, what was that all about? I don't know, this friggin' lunatic called me. He wants to SEO me. So I, I yelled at him and hung up. He started <laughs> laughing because he knew what it was. <laughs> right? So, so where I was going, but the point is I'm getting at it, is that when people want to get into marketing, they want to get into overused words, overused terms, jargon, stuff that they hear about and read about and find other people making money in and don't have any, like, I want to be creative and I'm going to get into an industry that is about creative and I'm going to do it in the way that's not creative. <laughs> yeah. that's funny. That wasn't you. <laughs> no, no. I, yeah. So on my end, I was, so aside from being an investment banker for six years, I was also the treasurer of a nonprofit. So I, as, as a lot of entrepreneurship starts from a pain that you felt as the treasurer of this nonprofit, I tried to, connect with so many brands and i had friends at these brands i you know we were so close to making something like this happen i was convinced that there was a win-win where the brand could get more sales we would benefit as a charity getting some money in the door for for our nonprofit and our mission and we were so close so many times and there was just so much red tape i was like it should not be this hard it really shouldn't be this hard and so that was what you know i went back to business school let the ideas roll around in my head for a year or two and uh and ultimately came out and said hey i think i think there's an opportunity to not only have a really winning marketing strategy in this day and age where brands are dying for some sort of differentiation um 
but two, do some real good in the world and and send a billion dollars to charities that need it. And that's our mission. And when, you know, we're one one thousandth of the way there crossing the million dollar mark earlier this year. Um, but wow. we are, you know, we're going that way. That's phenomenal. Now, here's the thing, though, right? Like you're in investment banking. And that's typically considered very like prestige and. You know, I expect to see your uh, BMW or your Mercedes and you know <laughs> what I mean? Like your white picket fence and uh, right. Like that, that's typically what you think of when you think of investment banker. Yeah. Now that's not necessarily the truth, but that's what you think of. Sure. That's the stereotype. But, yeah. But you're living the dream. And how did you know that wasn't for you? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say like, I knew that that wasn't for me. I was miserable on the inside and all this kind of stuff. I wasn't, I started a nonprofit so that I had like the separated church and state, if you will. I did the investment banking during the day and a lot of nights and a lot of weekends, but anytime I wasn't doing that, I was working on the nonprofit. Um, and, and ultimately for me, I, I knew I wanted to do something a little bit more entrepreneurial. I, I actually left the bulge bracket investment banking, you know, big investment banking firm in, Merrill Lynch and Bank of America, Merrill Lynch into a, a boutique investment banking firm. So it was only eight people when I joined and like 15 or so when I left. But we, you know, I, I always, I always said, and I still have a good relationship with those guys to this day. Some of them are the largest investors in my company um, that I, that I had worked with and worked for. And, and I, I'd always said to them like, Hey, like, you know, there's a chance I come back. Right. Like you, you never know. You never know. Um, I didn't hate the work. I actually enjoyed the work. I do think that we were having a massive impact on the entrepreneurs that we were helping sell their businesses. Cause I think those entrepreneurs would have gotten way less money, quite frankly, for their business if they didn't hire us or somebody like us to help them sell it. And that's basically what we were doing. Um, but at the end of the day, we were helping like that one entrepreneur instead of making $20 million, he made $30 million. And like, that's great. <laughs> but at some point, I did want to have a bigger impact on the world, leave the world a little bit better than when I came into it. And, and dreaming big about that was when I said, hey, let me go back to business school, see if I can first and foremost, get into a really good business school. And I was lucky enough to get in uh, and then make some really good connections there and see if there's something bigger out there for me. Okay. That makes sense. Now, with that being said, like, how does your business make money? Yeah. Great question. So on our side, we charge the brands um, for working with us. Ideally, where I want to move is I'd like to say, hey, you guys your average order value was $70 before working with us. I, I want to go on total success basis. I think that this is the investment banker in me kind of coming out. It's of saying like, you know, hey, on investment banking, you know, you get some sort of base fee, but only if the transaction goes through. If, we are able, if we're not able to sell your business, we don't get paid, right? Like that is success base, right? And then, and then the higher we can sell it for, the more we make so that we align our interests with you and you're way, making way more, right? So I want to do something similar on our side where I'm like, hey, your average order value right now, you do nothing. You, you know, accept what you're doing and you're, and you're always trying to increase your average order value. But for the past two years, it's been $70 and people come on your site, they spend 70 bucks. That's if they're converting, that's what they're spending. If I can move that up to $85, you know, we increase it 20%. We can, you know, move it up to $85. Then that means that whatever revenue you were doing at a $70 AOV, 
you're now 20% higher. So if you were doing a million dollars a year, you're now down to a million too. If you were doing $10 million a year, you're now doing $12 million in sales just by implementing this little piece. Okay, let's subtract out whatever you have to donate, right? And so you're going to end up donating. Now, if you're doing $10 million a year, you may end up donating 100 grand, but that you, you may, you're making 2 million extra dollars to donate 100 grand. And so in that case, from my, from my perspective, I want to share in that $1.9 million, that extra that you've made. Let's take out the cost of goods, et cetera, et cetera. I, I'm, I'm, I want to think about this with you, but I want to be on the winning playing field with you. If we don't increase your average order value at all or above the donations that you're making, then we shouldn't get paid. But we're seeing the, that, that come back time and time again. And so we're trying to share in that upside. Right now, we have a deal going, right? So it's like 99 bucks a month or, or something. If you're, if you're a big brand doing 10 million or more, then it's more, you know, it's, it's a bit more expensive. But if you're a Shopify brand, it's $19 or $99 a month to get started. And, uh, and, and, and that's it. Wow, that's pretty good. Yep. Yeah, like, wow. Okay. So yeah, I, I like your new model, to be honest. Yeah. Right. So it's one of those things that, that, that that's a good way. Now, I'm sure you're going to come through some hurdles. Uh, just the way I went through hurdles, like totally, there's no, there's no direct path, right? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's for sure. Cause what will happen is, and just this, the natural of the beast, nature of the beast, not natural nature of the yeah. beast is this is my prediction. If you don't mind me, if you, you Please, know, lay it okay. on me. now you'll have some people when they're uh, struggling, will like yes. the idea. Cause then you're going to do the work and they're not paying you. Right. And, um, but then the thing is the minute they become successful, Oh, oh, we got to pay that much. Oh, that's too much. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. And, and I think for, for us, that's why we haven't, we haven't really gone there yet. Right. Like at this point we're we're trying to attach it to the number of people that are actually donating. So we'll add 10% on top to the donation. So if you're donating, you know, if you're donating a thousand dollars a month, then we'll, we'll add 10% on that and say, Hey, you, you pay $1,100 a month. Okay. Uh, instead of, and so that'll be $10,000 for the donations and then a hundred bucks to us. And I think now people are like, okay, that's, I mean, again, it's worth it when you're, when they're seeing $30,000 increase in revenue per month, just by doing something like this. Yeah. Like I, I've experienced that section that we're talking about where it's, um, I sent it in a nightclub business when I was start because I I was in the nightclub business back in the day. Yeah. And when things were sour, it's like you can ask the person for the full profits for the first month. Oh, okay. Right. But then as long as you don't expect them to actually pay you, <laughs> you're good. Right. Because then what happens is they, for example, just say it's a nightclub that can hold a thousand people and they're only doing 50 people. Right. At that point in time, they're looking at it and saying, we're a lost cause no matter what we do. Right. So if it's just a month of promo, you know, 50 people, we get to 200 people. Hey, we've already built a base. We can start building on that. We only lose a month of revenue. No big deal. Right. But what ends up happening is that now you're doing real promo. That's why you want the payment because it's not just all profit. You're spending to get them. You totally. know, you're doing what they're not willing to do, which is spend money to get people to come. Sure. And what ends up popping is now you're doing 900 people, 950. Right. Now that club owner is going to look at that and say, oh, this is real money. Right. Right. Now they're going, oh, well, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you got to leave. Right. Well, right. What do you mean you got to leave? Right. You're great. Write me the check and I'll leave. If you want to be done, we're done. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you $500. No, it doesn't work that way. Right. right. But that's, that's the kind of thing you get. Like yeah. if it's moderate success, no problem, because then they want to share the wealth. They're okay with that. But people have something in their head 
on what they think you should make, which is what I found like odd and weird. And if you're making more than what they think you should make, they become all of a sudden they have a problem. I think it's a survival instinct, right? More of the fact that they were doing lousy, they were on their way out, and now they saw the potential and they're upset at themselves that they didn't see the potential before. But now <laughs> they're taking it out on you. Yeah. Yeah, I have I, I have not experienced that yet. Although I do I do understand where you're where you're coming from. On on our side, you know, we we have the technology to allow brands to be able to offer something like spend fifty dollars or more, get five percent to give to any charity you want. To build that in house would be very very tough. So if you are gonna say, hey, we don't want to, as your business grows, let's say all of a sudden now you're donating a whole lot more and you're and you're paying us a lot more, therefore. And you're like, oh, I don't, this is, this is too much donating now. Like now that we're so successful, like we're donating 30 grand a month. Whoa. Like this is too much. Right. Like that's, I think that's the kind of thing, but, but if you, if you take it away, then, then it's going to be your, your average order value is going to drop and your revenue is going to drop by more than what you're donating. Yeah, no, no, I, I wasn't referring to the donation part, and I wasn't referring yeah. to the like your current revenue model. I was referring yeah, to the, when you want to convert to, next, to where, I want yeah, a percentage of your share, profits. Yeah, that shared, you know that mean? shared zone. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, because yeah, when, when it's the shared zone, they'll think yeah. it'll go up a slight percentage. So it's like, oh well, you know what? If I'm making a hundred grand more and I'm paying you five, ten grand, no big deal. Right. As an example. But right. then what right. ends up popping is it ends up being another million. It's like I got to write you a check for a hundred grand. Holy right. crap. Right. 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 <laughs> like, yeah. Again, it's just natural thing. People panic, people fear. Totally. And I don't think it's a, I don't think even in the circumstances that I saw, I don't think it was malicious. Right. I right. think it's more of panic. They spend so much time thinking they're going to close the door. Now they, think they see a glitter of hope and they're worried. Yeah. yeah. Right now, most when you get into the real business, like the big businesses that are multi-million dollar businesses, they're not worried. So part of that yeah. is gone. But yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just saying it's something that I've seen and like, just it's curious. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll have to keep you posted, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we're generally dealing with businesses that are um, already doing well and now just want to, you know, add, yeah. add, add ways to differentiate and, and, and grow. So, yeah, I, I like that. Now, what was been, like, what has been your biggest uh, pushback? I mean, cause every business has pushback on something. Totally. I mean, so, you know, hopefully after hearing, you know, hearing me talk about it or, or even listening to just two minutes of like, hey, here's how donation center works. Listening, listening to that one CVS story, right? You're like, okay, why wouldn't I try this? Why wouldn't I put a banner on top of my site that says spend a hundred bucks, get 5% of your purchase back to give to a charity of your choice. See if my average order value goes from 70 to 85, like this guy's talking about. Why not try it? There's literally no downside, right? Um, the, like the downside would be a ton of people spend over $100 and get money to donate. No, that's upside. A downside would be people just do the same thing. Like, okay, fine. That's not downside. That's just status quo. It didn't work. Okay, fine. So there's no downside. There's just like either it stays the same or, or it works. Um, and so it's easy to set up. So it's like, okay, the implementation time is simple. So why not try it? The hurdle that we run into time and time again is people just don't understand, right? Like I'll tell them that story and then they'll, they'll go back to their, you know, to their people. And then their boss will email me and be like, listen, man, we really appreciate you taking the time, but we just don't want to do the roundup thing. And I'm like, that is exactly what I told you we don't do. That's not what we do, you know, but like, but they just can't understand it. They, they think charity and they think roundup or they think, you know, that's like charity. Like, like, Oh, sorry, man. 
we really need to focus on increasing our average order value. Um, and, and we can't be thinking about charity right now. And I'm like, this is how you increase your average order value, right? Like, like, what are we, we're in a, we're in like a, am I in a documentary or a mockumentary right now? Like that is, <laughs> uh, so that's been the frustration for me. Yeah. I can imagine that. Right. Like, uh, it's like you said, if you don't, like I got it right off the bat. Yeah. But again, sometimes what happens is you're meeting with someone who's representing the company, then they're going back for the approval. Totally. And that person is giving their approval, probably not explaining it the way you did. Exactly. Exactly. That's so one, one unsolicited advice for entrepreneurs out there would be make sure that you can write it down in a way that conveys what you want to convey, because ultimately somebody's going to need to hand something to somebody and say, Hey, here, take a look at this. Is this interesting? Right. As opposed to you having to describe it every time, because nobody's going to describe it like you describe it. Another way to do it is ensure that you don't take a meeting that does not have a decision maker in the yep. room. Yep. Like that too. So awesome, man. I, I love that. I love, I love what you're doing too, right? Like I would have never thought of that. That <laughs> is just totally creative. Appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, good for you. Now on the other side of, you know, the negative, let's take this positive because I'm not all negative <laughs> and uh, let's go on the route that there's every person also, when a business turns successful, they have what I call an aha moment. And that aha moment is sort of the you're going through the trial and tribulations, you're learning and growing, and you get to a point where it's even if it's a small win, that little win made me go, mm, you know what? I'm on to something. This is it. I yeah. got it. I finally yeah. got it. Right. Totally. I may not be where I want to be, but at least I know I'm going in the right direction. Totally. What was that aha moment for you? So for me, it was when we pivoted the business. So I started the business as a Venmo for charitable giving, direct consumer trying to get individuals to install an app on their phone to make donations, to then have all their tax deductible receipts in one place, et cetera, et cetera, but donating their own money. And the business was definitely, you know, up and down and we had, you know, 3000 power users, but then every incremental user was really hard to get and getting more and more expensive. And I was like, I don't know if this business is going to work. I don't know what is happening here, but there are a couple of brands that are interested in doing, you know, AB tests where they say, Hey, buy now, get $40 off or buy now, get $40 to give to the charity of your choice. Let's A-B test it with them. Even though we don't have like the fully functional product to really do that, like we'd have to give people credit on the app and then they'd have to download the app and do it. But like, let's just run the, the ads. If the brands are willing to run the ads, like let's try it. And so the brands were, they were like, let's try this. And they, and then first two brands we did it with, they both had, one had 20% better redemption, better, better um, conversion on the, $40 to give to charity of your choice. One had 18% better conversion on the $50 to give to charity of your choice. And so as soon as we saw that in the AB test data, that was my aha moment where I was like, we need to pivot the business. This is what we do now. And, uh, and within six months had fully pivoted the business. Uh, and then within six months of that had shut down the, the app, the consumer app side of it. Um, and that was about a year and a half, two years ago now. Wow. Good for you, man. Yeah. That is awesome. Like, and it's good that you, it's ironic though, year and a half, two years ago, that's right around the closure that we all went through. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it was, it was, it was actually right coinciding with, uh, it, it actually stunk for us because right before COVID. So in, in January of 2020, we got introduced to a really big retailer and in March, I think March 1st or something, 
the contract was signed. Supposed to be in 680 stores. We're going to do in-store and online um, and for Earth Day of 2020. And then COVID hit. Damn. And that was like our first big break on this new, you know, we had just pivoted the business. And then everybody was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we got smacked <laughs> right there so uh you know we still we still did a nationwide e-commerce thing and, and that really propelled us into the e-commerce side of the business what's interesting now is now that in-store is coming back we're actually starting to build pos solutions and 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 in-store you know uh qr code plays and stuff like that so it's it's interesting uh that 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 really did have an, a negative at first negative impact, but then positive impact because people wanted, were shopping online a ton and they wanted to do something to get back. And so, you know, it started to boost us and, and now we're like, Oh, but maybe we should really look at these in-store activations as there may be more money in those as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, man, you got a great story there. And uh, yeah, I, I noticed one thing that you're uh, really good at is uh, adjusting as things go, you know, things happen. And you uh, realize that things happen and you're quick to uh, maneuver. Got to adapt. It's, that's that's most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I got a couple more questions before I go into what I call the lightning round. Sure. And question number one is going to be, how do you know you've had a successful day? Successful day for me is I, I create a to-do list every morning uh, and just make sure that I check off every single thing on that to-do list. That's the most important thing for me. Successful day. I can get everything checked off at least nine out of 10. <laughs> True. Okay. And second, last question before the, or last question before the lightning round is how do people find you? Uh, so you can find, uh, find us gives GIVZ.com is probably the best. There's a chat bubble there. I'm usually the one on the chat, so you can chat directly with me there, but also um, on all the social media pla- platforms at, get gives so that's g-e-t-g-i-v-z so at get gives you can uh find us on twitter find us on uh instagram tiktok and uh pretty much any channel youtube that that you want to that you want to find us and me in particular i'm uh a foreman 22 on most platforms fantastic now going to the lightning round the first fun question which may be obvious what is your favorite food favorite food my favorite food is chicken parmesan and if I can get the side of pasta to be penne alla vodka. Oh, great. yeah. I, I love that dish, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not a surprise, though. <laughs> Italian background, I like chicken parmesan. Hmm, there's yeah. a shocker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? That's, you like what you like. Yeah, it's true. So second question is favorite travel spot and why? Ooh, favorite travel spot and why? That's a good question. I'd say, so I did, I had not heard of, uh, of this place called Mont-Tremblant, but Mont-Tremblant up in Canada, uh, I did my, you know, mini honeymoon, I guess, mini, mini, mini moon or whatever you want to call it the week, you know, we drove up from New York to Mont-Tremblant, stopped at a couple of different places, but we stayed at a hotel in Mont-Tremblant. Um, where it was like ski on, ski off. It was an amazing little town uh, and a place, place I'd never heard of. Um, and so we're trying to figure out, okay, for our 10-year anniversary, five-year anniversary is coming up this year, so that's not going to happen. But maybe for our 10-year anniversary, we can uh, we can actually head up there again uh, and, and do some skiing there. It was 
amazing. Just amazing vibe and uh, and fun, fun little town. Wow. I actually know exactly where that is. Really? I've nice. never been, but I know where it is. <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, wow. I didn't expect that. Yeah. Awesome, man. So obviously you're an outdoorsy person. I, you know what? I, I like, I, I'm like a, I'm not super, super outdoorsy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like, I like skiing. I like being outside. I like doing something, an activity. I love playing games of some sort. Makes sense. Okay. So next question is going to be favorite book. Favorite book. So on the entrepreneur side, it's, it's definitely the uh, hard thing about hard things by uh ben horowitz and it's just so true it's just this everything that entrepreneurs are doing is really freaking hard um and and that's i have to reread that book every every once every once in a while (laughs) because you have to fire people and it sucks and you have to you know wake up and and do it all over again it's uh, it's hard true favorite podcast favorite podcast you know i actually don't I, I have not gotten into I don't have the commute that everybody else has. So right. I haven't gotten into podcasts that much. I mean, I definitely listened to my fair share of how I built this and all this uh, and all those types of uh, podcasts. Um, how I built this. I listened to that too. I like that yeah, one. Yeah, it's good. Awesome. Last but not least, if you had 48 hours and you had unlimited amount of money to spend, but the catch is, you get to keep what you spend in the 48 hours. You lose what you don't spend. What would you do? You get to keep what you spend. So whatever you, so whatever you spend it on, you get to keep is what you're Correct. saying. Yes. Okay. So 48 hours, you spend as much as you unlimited money and you get to keep what you spend, what you buy. But you, but after the 48 hours, you don't, you, you go back to your normal amount of money. All right. Yes. So, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'm thinking about this the right way, but I'd be thinking about buying as many things that I could because I'm going to get to keep them and then I'm I feel like I can just sell them. So like I would just be buying I I would probably just just buy all buy a, a ton of stock. That's <laughs> um, funny. And buy airplanes and stuff that I can sell back to whatever um that's that's I don't know, that's probably cheating. Okay, fine. So is this more intended to be like what would what would be fun to do? Well, no, I was just intended. What would you want to do? Like if you <laughs> like, because we all have restrictions, right? You know, and let, let's yeah. be honest. Where I'm going with this, a lot of times people say, "Oh, if I had a million dollars, I would do whatever," right? And then, yeah. uh, and it's usually bullshit stuff that they won't actually do because when right. they get the million dollars, because most people throughout their life end up putting it away, whether it's through home equity or whatever it is, right. At some point in time, between their home equity, their four hundred one k, if you're in the states, sure. RSPs, if you're in Canada, you tend to have that million dollars by the time you. Well, like most average person, average living person, we're not talking about, yeah. you know, poverty. We're not talking about rich. We're talking about so, the middle of the road, right? Class, yeah. And with that being said, they have the million dollars and they never do what they say they would do. So obviously it's not true, but they're saying it because they have, feel they have to say something. Yeah, yeah. So I think for, for my me, point is I'm removing the barrier and saying, forget the yeah. million. You have whatever you want and you can do whatever you want. Yeah. But you have to do it in 48 hours. 
Do it in 48 hours. Yeah. I mean, I'd buy, I, I, honestly, I'd buy up a bunch of like real hard assets that I could then sell. And so that I'd have all that money. Like I would be thinking about the 48 hours for the future. But if I was just like, all right, in that 48 you hours, go. you got to do something. I that's would, a, that's a, hey, that's, a, that's your answer right there. That's exactly what you do. It's creative. Okay. It's yeah. different. You found a way to retain the money without actually spending it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's right? what so I would do. That, that, that is creative. As money as possible. Yeah. That's what I yeah. would do. But the common thing is nobody said they're going to buy a Ferrari. But when you ask somebody, they're all going to buy either pay off their mortgage or they're going to buy a Ferrari. Yeah. But when you yeah, reword I mean, the question, I, how I that, that doesn't to, come into I want to go to Disney World with the kids. Uh, there you go. I think that would be really fun. But I, I need them to be a little taller so they could ride all the rides. So I'm still waiting on that. Awesome. 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 Dude, it's been a great show. This has been fun. Thanks so much for having me. Absolute pleasure, man. I'm glad uh, we were able to do this. Same here. If you like what you saw and you want to see some more episodes, subscribe to the link below.